Hi, I'm Daniel from Queen D Tarot. Hi, I'm Josh from Unmasculinity. And together we bring to you Unmasking Yourself, an insightful and interactive podcast about the journey of masculine healing. Through our individual journeys and in conversation together, we hope to unpack and unravel the complex structures of masculinity and how men around the world can approach healing in a safe and healthy manner. Okay, Josh, we're finally here. We are. Yes, <laughs> we've been thinking about doing something together for a very long time and somehow this organically just happened. It, it was an idea and then it turned into something and now it's, we're here, we're here creating it. So yeah. I'm excited to share this moment with you. So am I, thank yeah. you for having me. <laughs> but you know, um, I do want to start off with a question. I know this is going to be more of a collaborative conversation between us, but I really want to know the point at which you started realizing you had masculine energy that needed healing, or at least that you were a masculine figure that needed healing. And the reason why I ask that is because growing up as a gay man, the idea of men healing I, was very foreign. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't think it was ever taught to us. We were never exposed to it. Right. So I, I never really had good male role models to begin with, but mm -hmm. healing was just something you couldn't understand. Yep. So as a man, what brought you to that point where you knew you had to heal? You know what I think? Like so many men, you almost think like maybe I have the resources within my head or I can do the self-research mm. and actually get to the way to solve my challenges. And I think I did that like most men did. And I found that once I got married, which has been just over two years now, yeah. I found that that's where I can no longer um, hide those things. It wasn't that I was intentionally trying to hide them, but I think they just kept bubbling up. And it's like, okay, you know what? I need to actually deal with certain things. So mm -hmm. a big thing has been boundaries. And that goes across every single relationship, from, whether it's family or friends, uh, romantic relationships. Um, I realized that that one was one that I really needed to correct. And I think that really became apparent when it came to parent interactions within the marriage and interacting with myself and my wife, I think that's where I and saw- And your in-laws. Yeah, and my uh, in-laws. Okay. Um, because I had so many different experiences um, and ways that I would see them dealing with myself and my partner. Um, so I think that's where I was like, oh wow, this is very different than how I've come up. And I, then I started to peel back the layers of myself and say, that's been a big one. That's probably going to cause some headaches down the road if we don't address this right now. <laughs> um, and I mean, it's, it's, you know, like, like it would. It naturally reared its ugly head on different occasions. And then that sort of sped me up and kept me committed, saying I need to, you know, not just do the traditional stuff, you know, whether that's, you know, going to therapy, which I know a lot of men tend to have taboo about, um, but it's, it's doing the energy work, right? And in having met you and, and really started building my own community and soul family, as it's referred to, yeah. I think I got exposed to a lot of different things that people were doing. Mm -hmm. So it was like, oh, okay, you know, healing doesn't have to just look like I sit in a doctor's office, talk for an hour, they make me feel like, you know, they, they know more than I do and I walk out maybe not feeling that great. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've had a couple stints with therapy, but I've just found that, you know what, it's, it's more than that. You know, there's really a holistic way we need to approach our healing and our development. Mm -hmm. And I think that marriage was really the big catalyst that showed me that I need to take that seriously. Would you say you've changed as a man? I've grown. Um, I think I've really stepped into and now, as strange as it might seem, I think I now identify more as a man. Um, in the sense that I feel more in my power, more confident in who I am, mm -hmm. really connected with more of that masculine energy. And I've learned a lot about that masculine energy from yourself and the different work that you do. And, you know, just seeing that play out in real life and understanding what that masculine energy is and how it can actually be demonstrated in a healthy way. Mm -hmm. So I think I have definitely changed and grown. And, you know, I, I really just take my own healing seriously. And I just hope to serve as an example to others that, you know, there are multiple ways that we can actually achieve healing. Yeah, I think that's really, it's interesting that you've even described your journey this way because I think my journey to healing was on the exact opposite oh, end. Really? And I think 
you know, it's pretty interesting with the energy work that I do and the people that come to me. Often we're dealing, we're fighting ourselves between what we feel and what we think of ourselves totally. and opinions and, you know, a journey that we embrace before we get into marriage. Mm -hmm. That's been my trajectory, yeah. is that, you know, relationships were very unfulfilling. Sexual interactions were unfulfilling. Mm -hmm. You kept having a question that you knew you needed an answer to, mm -hmm. but you didn't know what the question was. And you didn't know where to look for the answer. That's a great way. And so my journey to, before I even understood that there was masculine energy that needed <laughs> healing, was how am I showing up for myself? Right. And then under, and then being able to then interact with somebody in an equal manner mm -hmm. in a relationship. Because I think there was always something that was lopsided. Yeah. You I, know? And I think for me, I think I've repelled my masculine energy for most of my life. And I think just, you know, being a gay man, growing up gay, I didn't have good male role models. Mm -hmm. I didn't. Often the harm or any abuse in any form was coming from male figures in right. my life, and they were pretty absent. So I was exposed to a lot of feminine energy, a lot of wounded feminine okay. energy. So I had a reference point. I automatically, you know, went to a certain way of feeling and thinking about something. But then I'd say it was in my later adulthood, I realized that, oh my God, I've been actually repelling the elements of me that made me masculine. Okay. And I'm, I'm trying not to say man and woman because I don't want it to be gender-based because I think it's very energy-centric. Energy but I realized that as a gay man, I identified with my feminine energy so much and because I had so much bullying or toxic masculinity around me that I didn't even entertain it. Hmm. And really, we're <clears throat> all a blend of masculine and feminine energy, right? Absolutely. So what is healing is to find... Uh, a resonance and a balance between both of those energies. But you, sometimes you don't realize that you even need it until you're on one end. And that's the thing, right? Like, yeah. especially like a lot of men, like they almost reject anything that might fall into that category of feminine yeah. energy, right? And it's yeah. just like, stay, let's just stay the course on this masculine energy. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like you're, you can only heal half the human, mm -hmm. right? So. But okay, so this is something interesting between your journey and mine um, as men, um, as men of color too, mm -hmm. in the South Asian, in the South Asian space. But I, I do think this is quite universal that we've both been told what it means to be a man, right? Or we've been shown what it means to be a man yeah. from our upbringings. And I, I'm sure at some point you may have felt pressured by it. And then you've had to identify yourself from it, as have I. Mm -hmm. But I'd love to, I mean, I, I, I'm gay, I'm out here. People could naturally assume where that journey has started <laughs> for me. But I'd love to know for you, yeah. as somebody who does identify as a heterosexual man, married, where was that for you? as a man, you know, where, where did you identify with what was shown to you, what was taught to you, yeah. and how you had to carve that identity out for yourself? Um, you know what, to be honest, I think for myself, because I grew up in what was primarily a single mother household, um, you know what, she had to manage both of those responsibilities. Mm. So I think I got to sort of see almost just what does a fully functioning human being need to do in order to survive and make it and take care of your responsibilities, that yeah. kind of thing. So for me, it wasn't really a gender split per se, right? Like where it's like, oh, a man should do this and a woman should do this. Um, it was never really framed that way for me. Mm -hmm. um, I think a lot of what I learned is actually through observation um, because I've always been, I've kind of been that quiet introvert in the corner taking mental notes. You know what I mean? So I'm always looking around for clues of like, even if it's a cautionary tale, there's a lot that I can learn from this, yeah. right? So seeing these different relationships play out in front of me, whether it's, it's different in, in my household or among my family and friends, um, I think from there, it was more just like, oh, okay, what do they like about that? that their dad does say, right? And then I'd be like, oh, okay, maybe I should work on that myself. So I think for me, it was really a lot of looking outward, 
right? Versus having it, it demonstrated to me. I mean, for a lot of men, I know TV is kind of where we see a lot of our examples of what we're supposed to be. Um, for me, I grew up in the era of we, we had those few good TV dads, right? So for me, I would see, oh, okay, they seem to be making their family happy. So, okay, let me try and embody what they're doing, Ooh. right? So a lot of, that's, that's what a lot of what I did was, that's right? Very interesting I'm trying to, I'm just trying to understand. I'm trying to see what actually works in the formula that people are having success with. So for me, when I had stepfathers present, I would see what they did. But I think a lot of what I would take in as this is the demonstration of what a man is to do, it was actually more of a don't, don't do what he did. Mm. It was more shown to me that way. So in terms of healthy, healthy uh, masculine energy role model, I, I wouldn't say that I had a constant figure that I could look at. Mm -hmm. It was more about me just growing and seeing, okay, you know what, what do I think I should take from all of these things that I've looked at and then sort of try to embody. And is that the point that brought you to that point in your marriage where you realize that, okay, hey, there's something to heal here within um, my masculine space? You know what? I don't even think I identified it as like as, as a, in the masculine space, I need to heal. I think it was just like, there's a lot of healing I need to do. And mm. I think that moment of marriage and just the natural ebbs and flows of life that happen, you know, during the marriage process, after, you know, the different fallout and, and great things that happen after mm. that as well. Those were great teaching points for me. So I think that really just helped me to see, okay, if I was to stand alone, this is now me and my wife, we're embarking on a new journey. We are now the start of our new family. Yes. What are the elements I need to mm -hmm. embody and demonstrate for my kids and, and for me to show up for my family in the best way possible? So for me, it was always like, you know what, I want to make sure that my kids, you know, they are proud of their dad, that they look at it and it's like... And I, you don't even have kids yet, so this is thing. very proactive. And, like and that, that, that's what I like to do, right? Like, I don't want to give them another reason to be in therapy, yeah, right? Yeah. I'm trying to deal with my stuff um, now, yeah. right? So I'm, that, that's really just what motivates me because I don't want to... You know, I know what it's like to have more cautionary tale than role model. And it's like, sure, you can learn from both, but we need role models. How responsible of you. Thank you. <laughs> I think for me, uh, you know, I think I'm still trying to figure it out. But growing up, I predominantly grew up in a very single uh, family household as well. It was my mom for the most part. Yeah. But my grandmother was really, my grandmother just recently passed too. So her energy is definitely around me all the time. Yeah. But uh, you know, she, her husband had died when she was very young and she had three sons. But, you know, those three sons then growing up raising me were the pain points of okay. my journey, you know? Yeah. I had one who was um, an uncle who was manic depressive schizophrenic, so there was a lot of trauma there. Of trauma that was inflicted on him, us having to witness certain episodes and mm. being exposed to a mental illness that was very serious. Right. It was at a very serious stage, you know? Then... Um, I had one of my other dad's brothers, um, he's now incarcerated for criminal activity, but there was a lot of criminal activity in the home growing up. There mm -hmm. was a lot of, you know, drugs, um, a lot of violent crimes. Mm -hmm. So that was a masculine figure who I was expecting to show me something, mm. who was probably showing me all the wrong things. Mm. And then there was my dad. Yeah. And my dad was the one who wasn't suffering from a mental illness who wasn't engaging in any criminal activity, but he was walking around with the pressure of having to be the one who does it for his family. Okay. Because nobody else could, Yeah. in their opinion. That must have been really tough. So I saw pressure, and I saw him cave into the pressure, and I saw him probably give up a lot of his hopes and dreams to try to be something mm -hmm. that he didn't feel like he could be. Right. But he spent his life doing it, yeah. and that's what I saw. And the thing is, as an adult now, I can have compassion towards my dad and understand that, okay, as a masculine, he was put in a certain position, but 
he was also the reason for a lot of my trauma too, mm. right? So it was difficult for me to reconcile that it was my dad and also the pain point and the cause of a lot of trauma yeah. growing up, right? But I think what that did for me is growing up gay, I realized that, okay, now that there's, I'm now carrying the same pressure because my dad couldn't do certain things. Mm -hmm. There was now my grandmother and my mother looking at me right. to fulfill certain shoes. Okay. And I already was growing up understanding that I wasn't man enough. Mm. And it's funny because being man enough, I think, haunts men, whether they're gay or straight or yep. anything. It's this one thing that haunts us all. Yep, right? you can never be man It's enough. that one universal thing that I think ties us all together as men. But it was, okay, all these failed figures, so to speak, mm -hmm. failed, so to speak, you know. Yep. But how do I step in and satisfy my family knowing that there is something inherently about me that is mm -hmm. going against the grain? I didn't know it was my sexuality at that time. Right. I was a kid. I was being teased, I was being told I was gay, I was basically being told you do not fit the mold of what it is to be a man, okay. but you have to. Right. So oh, I was almost okay. bullied into trying to be man enough. I know my dad would try to get me into sports. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sports is a big one. That's where we demonstrate our masculinity, right? Yes. It was golf. Oh my God, I hated being in a competitive. I just wanted to be in the kitchen and cook. You yeah. know? I think it was so no obvious when you look back at it. <laughs> so obvious. I like to clean. I like to make the beds. But... I was always put into this place to perform masculinity and I couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. I couldn't do it. I just, it was something about me that just couldn't get in there and fake it. Right. I couldn't, you know? Put me in a boardroom, I'll fake it till I make it. Okay. Put me in a, <laughs> in a soccer field, I don't know what the fuck I'm doing, okay. you know? Yeah. But so, but then I was singled out over and over and over again. So there was this idea that I think it just helped me repel my masculinity as I grew older. It's so you like, just oh naturally my rejected any, any time that that I was I think sort of, so. Yeah. I think so. But what it did is it put me into a very wounded feminine energy. Mm. So I wasn't winning in any one area, yeah. you know? Um, it just put me in a place where I was struggling with self-worth issues. I was trying to find an, emo an emotional connection with people, family, and otherwise, and that wasn't happening. And it just put me in a very wounded state. So I think, you know... Sometimes even to maybe segregate between masculine and feminine energy in healing mm -hmm. isn't the best thing either. Absolutely. But, I mean, they operate so, like, they operate so differently. Definitely. So, I mean, what would you say um, has been the most, I mean, you've been describing your, your energy and your healing so beautifully. Thank you. You know, like, I mean, it makes so much sense, but I know it's probably come with a struggle as well. How do you manage that? I mean, you're also <clears throat> doing a lot of work in the masculine healing space yeah. too. So what have you seen? What's the, the various forms in which this healing is taking place you know, and so, that men struggle with? You know, so in, in having the men's gatherings that we do with unmasculinity, um, yeah. you know, it's just, it, it's so strange because I think when guys say, see this come across our social media feed as, oh, this event's going on, you know, next month, um, you know, welcoming, in, welcoming them in so that they can build some community and brotherhood and actually just sort of understand and unpack masculinity, right? Mm -hmm. I think they almost are in disbelief that there's something like that, mm -hmm. first off. And then there's the, the natural hesitation, right? Because, you know, for men, especially whenever it comes to us doing something, usually when it's good for us, there's this resistance that happens, right? So, you know, for the men who have shown yes, up... It's yeah, it's a natural resistance. Yeah, I have it too. Right? Yeah. And it's almost like we're addicted to our pain, right? It's like we, we identify... Part of our identity is tied to this pain. So it's mm -hmm. like if we remove that at all, we're too afraid we might slip into that feminine energy, which is then going to ostracize us in a different way. So <laughs> what I found is when the men show up, yeah. you know, it's we, we keep it like we're all guys here. You know, mm -hmm. even though I'm hosting this space, I'm a learner just like everyone else who shows up. So mm -hmm. everyone is looking just to be heard. 
You know, they just want to know that there's another guy who might enjoy that show that they like, or, you know, they might have struggled with so-and-so, or, or th they might not understand what cryptocurrency is, and that's okay. They're not the only man who doesn't <laughs> understand what that is, right? It's just a place where they can understand or, or yeah. get back to, or maybe be told for the first time that, sure, you're a man, but you're a human, right? Like, yeah. you're allowed to not know things. You're allowed to actually ask questions and mm. say, you know, and, and ask another man for help. That's such a big thing too, right? You don't like, have to have the answers all the time. And that's yeah. the thing, right? Like, like I can't tell you. I've probably said I don't know far more times than I've said, yeah, I actually have an answer for that, right? And I find like, even though I'm sure that gets annoying to whoever it is, they appreciate the honesty and the vulnerability because like, oh, you know, oh, my dad would have faked that until it made me think I made the mistake and then that's why it didn't work out or whatever it happens to be. Yeah. So I think they just want a place where they can be heard, right? And the thing is too, like with masculinity being such a, a topic that people are talking about nowadays and with toxic masculinity and just men almost in a sense feeling like they're under a microscope at this point, which, which understandably we are, right? We need a safe place where we can then like debunk all of that and talk and be like, okay, cool. I heard this, I think, like, I want to address this in a more respectful way, but I don't know how, mm -hmm. right? It's about us having that safe space where we can make mistakes in front of each other and be like, okay, cool, I get what you're saying. This is probably the better way that we can do this so that we can have better results when we're out there in the world. And then we're, we in, in essentially form this bit of support system where, you know, you have your group chat and people become friends because they feel mm -hmm. like, okay, we're actually trying to level up together. Right. And it's for everyone's benefit. It's not just, you know, me who's going to benefit from me healing. My community is going to benefit from my healing, my household, right? The people I interact with. And it's also going to serve as an example to other men that they can do these things, that these things are out there. Right. Because I find a lot of times men need other men to give them permission to do something. Mm -hmm. Right. So when we show up to these places, when we when we take a picture of us smiling in a group together, that's a foreign concept to a lot of men. So I think, you know, it breaks down the walls, just the fact that some of us are actually coming out and and saying what we need i'm giving these guys a chance to actually say i need this but you see what's so interesting to me is that you describe the togetherness of men as a foreign concept to them and that's all i've seen as toxic masculinity in my childhood okay. so it's funny yeah. how those same men that may have been in those groups who mm -hmm. have bullied or have come together to showcase their masculinity in opposition to mine mm -hmm. are still struggling to find that togetherness even in that moment yep. yeah and, and that's the thing like I, I what i found too is like it's it's a process right it's a big process and for even us for us to even get out one thing that we want to heal that's just one of many that's just the first yeah. you know what i mean so in being in this place where we can then relate and be like oh yeah i struggle with that too and oh yo this worked for me i i find that it helps us actually go deeper than we would just sitting and say a mm -hmm. therapist chair right because that's where they actually feel like i'm among humans versus a professional who's going to tell me there's something wrong with me rather than accept me mm -hmm. you know what i mean and we accept you but we're also encouraging you to take accountability for your own actions and we're going to hold you accountable as well because we need to do better right the thing is like for men who it's not enough of a reason for them for it to just be them that they get out of bed and try and do better mm -hmm. you know I, I encourage them you know let's think about you know being people that like say our mothers our sisters uh, our wives they can be proud of if you're not reason enough Right. Yeah. Let, let's be that example so that if, if if say, for example, my daughter brought home a younger version of me. Right. I, like <laughs> that would be a very telling situation if I get really irritated by that or yeah. if that person sort of embodies a bit of what I'm about, because then I'll feel I showed her a good example mm -hmm. of what, you know, a respectable partner should show up with. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you know, I think do you find that a lot of the men you've I, I think on masculinity, the group that, you know, you've founded and you're curating and creating mm -hmm. constantly. It's, it is a group of heterosexual men, right? 
So as of it, the thing is, it's open, right? Mm -hmm. We're we're it's just supposed to be a safe space for men, right? Mm -hmm. um, however, you happen to identify it, that's totally fine. Mm -hmm. uh, what I know is that you know what. All men need this type of healing, right? Mm -hmm. Whether, however we identify it, the bottom line is we still have human issues, mm -hmm. right? So for us to show up in a place that we feel we can be accepted and where we feel we can identify, especially with what the needs are that are being addressed there, mm -hmm. that's totally fine. You know, I know that, you know, for example, I know that different men, you know, right now, they, they are asking themselves those tough questions, right? Yeah. They're thinking about those old relationships that haven't worked out and they're probably trying to figure out why. Right now, no matter how it is that, that they're working through that information and then they're trying to figure out what their identity is, we accept you, yeah. right? Open arms. This, is, this has nothing to yeah. do with that. We I ask that <laughs> only because um, do you find that a lot of the men that are in your group have trouble connecting emotionally or at least expressing themselves through their emotions? Um, I'll tell you I'd why. Say, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd say like I have seen that they have some challenges. Like the 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 thing is, it's it's the ones that I almost thought in my head before they showed up. So and so might have a hang up about something. Mm -hmm. Those have been the ones that have surprised me the most. If I'm being oh, honest, it's with funny you. how that works. Out. Yeah, it is right. So yeah. I mean, that in itself is very telling, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's just people need to be have the right circumstances come together at the right time, and mm -hmm. you know, we can make that person flourish. I asked you only because, you know, through my work at Queen D Tarot and just the type of energy work that I do and the people that come to me for mm -hmm. services, I've noticed, and I was surprised by this, that there was a lot of heterosexual men coming to me, booking readings, yeah. booking coaching sessions. And I definitely knew that the women would be coming to me. Okay. And, and they were. You <laughs> yeah. know, I knew that that was going to happen. I knew that I was going to obviously have an appeal to the LGBTQ community right. just with my lived experience. Yeah. But I was pleasantly surprised to see how many men out there who were willing to get in touch with their emotions. Okay. Now, that had a two-step process. One, I was happy to see that happening because, you know, I do pick up on collective energies and I did understand that masculine energies are in a point of regeneration and kind of healing. Yeah. But it was an interesting space for me to enter into because I would, I didn't make friends with guys like this, mm. you know, growing yeah. up. I had cousins like this who believed me that I stay away from, you know. Um, I can sense macho masculinity from a mile away yeah. and I would just literally walk in the opposite direction. I've never had a healthy relationship with it. So I had this opportunity to help these masculine energies right. heal and also in the process heal my own. I was, thinking I was not coming from an elevated, you know, godly right. state to now yep. shed light on these men. <laughs> I was struggling with that energy myself. Yeah. But these men have come up to me, by the way, a rise in clientele with straight heterosexual men. Congratulations. Um, just kind of come in. I mean, congratulations to you guys. <laughs> But um, they come in, they sometimes just need a place to cry yeah. because, first of all, they're just dealing with women who are not so nice. I just have to say it out there because, <laughs> and you know, I love my girls, but a lot of men take the bad rap because sometimes they're not able to emotionally express themselves mm -hmm. clearly. So they take it out in an action or in a gesture yeah. and they get the bad rap for it. But there's a lot of women out there that I feel tap into their masculine energy as well, which is why we're talking about masculine healing. And they've come to me mostly because they didn't feel like the women in their lives could accept them if they needed to cry. Yeah. That they would be judged. I've seen that. Because, you know, boys don't cry. We've all heard it, gay or straight, right? Totally. Um, so it was really nice to see men get in touch with their emotions. Yeah. And I think it's, it's an easier way to tap into the authenticity of who you are. Yeah. So, I mean, for anybody watching, the key is get in touch with your emotions. And do what you got to do and take however long you need to get there. Because I think that's really the key mm -hmm. to embracing the healing journey, at least. Oh, yeah. No, absolutely. Yeah. 
Absolutely, I totally agree. Um, you know, I think for men, in, in order for us to actually get in touch with our emotions and get better at actually expressing to our partners, I am feeling this versus just like sitting on the TV, having a beer, you know, just needing to watch the game for like 10 hours on end, right? What's that really communicating? He's probably struggling with something, probably can't get that out. You know, he needs his quiet time because he's just like, I don't know how to deal with the situation, mm -hmm. right? But oftentimes, you know what, it's, it's, we return to that lone wolf mentality, right? Like, you yeah. know, from our various experiences, can we trust Which other... Which is also a victim state of mentality too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, right? Like, can we trust other men? Oh, well, other men, they're going to judge us and then we're going to fall further down on that, mm -hmm. that scale, right? So now he's, he's more elevated than me. We talk to our partners, right? Sometimes, like you're saying, I, I've, I've witnessed that happen actually in front of me or I've just been told about that, right? Um, and you know what? It's just like we remove that safe space, right? In the home, right? Mm -hmm. And the thing is like we can be out here creating safe spaces everywhere, but if we're not tackling the safe space in the home, mm -hmm. right? Where people are able to actually be heard, right? Um, you know, it's not that we need to actually say it and the person needs to spit out an answer, but we need to have a receptive ear to actually hear what we're saying, even if it doesn't make sense. So I just put out recently, um, hearing is healing. Oh, I like that. And, uh, you know, I thought that was pretty brilliant yeah. too. <laughs> but hearing is healing. Like, yeah. are you actually listening to what other people are saying? Absolutely. Sometimes we're so caught up in the opinion or the act yeah. that we're not actually listening. If you listen, mm -hmm. you'll be able to put yourself away from that sentence yep. and the words that have been used and you'll pick up the sentiment and the emotion behind yeah. it, right? But also with yourself too. You yeah. know, are you actually listening to how you're feeling inside? Yeah. And so I think as men, mm -hmm. You know, even myself, um, I think as men, we're taught not to listen. We're constantly taught to do mm. and to speak, to mm. lead and to act yeah. and create. But hearing is a very feminine thing. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a feminine energy. And Fair I enough. think, you know, for us to tap into that um, allows us to maybe even honor and acknowledge what we're going through to begin with. Because yeah. I think men don't have a <clears throat> tendency to even acknowledge what's happening to them. Fair enough. And yeah. that's, what, that's why I find like we can't, it's, it's almost like I can't say sit you down and be like, hey, Daniel, seems like you have a problem hearing when I speak. So let, <laughs> let's have a chat about that, right? Yeah, so yeah. for me, like I understand that for men, they, they want, the only way they're going to congregate and actually focus is if they also get something practical out of it, mm -hmm. right? So that's a lot of like, say, what we try to do is like, okay, you, you get us into situations where we have to listen to one another, mm -hmm. right? And then we give that feedback or whatever it happens to be, right? Like, you know, when we did our living, living eulogy activity together, that was a tremendous experience. A that living eulogy? Living eulogy. So, you know, wow. we got together. You know, yeah. I got some little coffins. They were little coffins about that big. <laughs> wow. Right? And they had latches on them. Yeah. Right? And what we did is we actually sat in the yurt and we said, you know what? Look, a lot of us, we don't get a chance to actually live and, or, or to have that moment where we can then review our life and be like, I want to do better. Right? Once you're in the dirt, you can't do anything That's wonderful. about wonderful. Right? Yeah. So what we did is we said, okay, let's think about this. Pretend that you're actually at your own funeral. Mm. Right? If you didn't hear this said about you, would you think that your life was a failure, mm -hmm. right? So that got us to actually think and be like, oh, okay, what am I showing up with in my life? What am I missing in my life, right? So it gave us a chance to actually hear one another, connect on that and be like, oh, I also struggle with that. So we actually sat there, we gave each other the platform to actually read our eulogies as we put our, our little coffin on the ground. And it was such a moving moment because we actually got to visualize. I like that because yeah. I think as someone who um, operates from a very, you know, strong feminine energy, I do that every day. Yeah. But I think men are, are, don't necessarily realize, or I shouldn't say men, but masculine energies mm -hmm. don't always realize that they can start at zero yeah. anytime they choose to that mistakes of the past can be left there yeah. and you can still keep moving forward. Yeah. You don't have to be identified by those 
errors in judgment, whatever they may be. Mm -hmm. Chances are they're not even failures or mistakes to begin with. Absolutely. It was just a lesson. Yep. But I, and I like that idea because it's actually promoting, it's what I would consider a journal prompt or mm -hmm. a self-affirmation at my end of things, you know? Yeah. But um, I think that constant uh, self-talk is important, you Absolutely. know? So I hope to, I, I'm excited to continue doing this with you, you because... I mean, I don't even know if this a whole podcast even made sense right now <laughs> because there's, there's so much here, but it's an entry point. It's yep, an entry point to a lot of deeper conversations. But Absolutely. I think, you know, if I can sum it up and say the reason why we were even doing this together is to kind of just vocalize what we were going through Absolutely. so other people can talk and engage with us. So please, like, I mean, engage, talk, send us comments. The idea is to ignite conversation. Absolutely. Yeah. Because, I mean, that's the only way we're actually going to create this change that we can all be proud of, yeah. right? We need to have that dialogue and engagement. Yeah. Because I think a lot of us are so used many to really good WhatsApp video calls yes, we have. and FaceTime chats. Yep. And and Even we did that from the start. I know. You know? Yeah. And and that take that has taken me years to do with anybody that I know to ever do that. And you and I, we started off with those video messages and yeah. it's like, you know what, there's something special there. Yeah. I, like so that. I mean I, I told all my friends that, hey, I've got a friend named Josh. Yeah. Like, oh, a friend? And I'm like, <laughs> he's married, don't worry about it. But I because I, I don't often have such good friends that are men. Thank you so much. You know? So you've been like the first men I've been able to do that with. Wow. So I I'm that's honest. a testament to you, but I'm glad to see that it was a first for you as well. Absolutely. So if we can encourage more of this through this, I think We've won. Yeah, Many I ways, agree. Right? Okay, so I look forward to more. Me too. Thanks for joining us and stay tuned for our next episode. In the meantime, don't forget to check us out on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And be sure to interact with us on our social feeds.